0: Welcome to The Real Deal of Parenting Podcast with Abby Johnson and Regan Long. This show covers all things pertaining to motherhood with authenticity, insight, and a healthy dose of humor. With topics from a Christian perspective, ranging from the everyday challenges of raising kids of all ages to high-profile issues and current events facing families, there's something for everyone. We've got
1: a great new episode planned for you, so let's dive into today's show.
0: Good afternoon, friends. We are so excited that you're joining us for this very special episode on The Real Deal of Parenting, where Abby and I are joined by Nurse Erin Marie, who has spent her life fighting for the freedom of everyday Americans. Just a little background, as a young woman, Erin joined the U.S. Army Special Operations and fought overseas in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Returning home, she turned her focus, drive, and dedication to defending our most deeply held values on American soil. In 2020, at the height of the pandemic, Erin volunteered to the front lines yet again as a traveling nurse from Florida, assigned to New York's Elmhurst Hospital during the pandemic. So what we're gonna talk about today, what she found there, horrified her and inspired a fight for the truth to be exposed. And everyone who is with us today know that that is what Abby and I stand Mm -hmm. for. And after being silenced and threatened with being sent home, Mm -hmm. after trying desperately to advocate for her patients, Erin decided to take matters into her own hands. She bravely went undercover with spy glasses inside the epicenter under her New York City attorney's guidance, recording the horrors that took place Behind locked doors, Erin. Thank you for joining Abby and I today. We know yeah. how valuable your time is, and so we're so happy you're here. Welcome.
1: No, thank you guys for having me. It's an honor, and I'm and I'm happy to be here. And anytime you want me here, so love you guys very much and what you're doing. Yeah, we
2: I I special place in my heart for whistleblowers. Yeah, um, so <laughs> I, I love whistleblowers. So um, we have a bond. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We have that that bond. So, um, yeah, super. And you know what? And I know just the, um, the courage and the guts it takes to go against the grain, to, Mm -hmm. um, go against people who want to shut you up. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know that can be difficult and people don't understand that there, (laughs) there really is, a, there really are a group of people in this country that have a lot of money that have a lot of influence that want to keep people with truthful, truthful information quiet mm-hmm. and sometimes they are in in groups of people that are in our own circles and mm-hmm. You know, I remember when I left Planned Parenthood, I remember a woman coming up to me. I thought she was nuts. But I remember a woman coming up to me and she said, Abby, I was praying for you. And she said, "Oh, God very clearly told me that one day people are going to try to silence you for money. And I thought that, you know, oh, she's talking about, you know, liberals or she's talking about people like warren buffett or george soros or whatever and i i knew to put my guard up against people like that Mm -hmm. right what i didn't realize was that what she really meant was that there were going to be people that i thought were on my team Mm -hmm. that were going to try to shut me up and I think that, that you have probably experienced that. Yeah, yes. Um, in the course of of you telling the truth. Um, and so can you just talk to us about that a little bit, just sort of what this experience has, has been like for you and just sort of the things that have surprised you a mm-hmm. little bit
1: or a lot of bit? <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, everything, you know, I was just like 18, 19 when I went to Iraq. I actually joined right before September 11th happened. So I joined January, 2001, basic training. I was in basic training when the towers went down and I knew I was gonna go to war at that point. So, you know, you grow up really, really quickly and fought in the war. And I'm only just doing this backstory because it, it brings it kind of to present day right now. You know, you think you're doing the right thing you know, you're protecting our country's freedom. You're, you're, you, we went into healthcare to help people. And like in 2020, when I went in to New York, I went to help and seeing what was happening. And it's nothing short of (sighs) murder. And I don't know if I can say that or not, but it is. And I did record it happening and, you know, these people inside were neglected. Um, it, it was kind of a snowball. You know, they removed the family. They removed liability. They incentivized admitting these patients, $13,000 to admit them, 39000 to put them on a ventilator. They were banning treatments that worked. You know, they were even incentivizing like deaths at some point and at all of this is under a liability free hospital. And they, they did this all over the world, you know, not just in New York, but I saw the word, you know, I, I was in the epicenter. And when you see something, you know, you, you say something and it was really hard for me because I'm looking around and all of my colleagues knew what was going on. We talked about it. We knew everybody knew it was wrong, but everybody was like, It is what it is. And, you know, and there were some nurses ahead of me that did speak out. We did try to go to our our superiors in the administration and they were fired. So I I couldn't do it. I don't know how you can sleep at night once you know the truth. And and Abby, you can probably once you figure it out what was really going on, how do you stay silent? It's impossible because people are losing their lives because of it. And so I did, I recorded them, I, I went undercover, I got spy glasses, <clears throat> I learned a lot of this stuff, having went undercover, you know, prior, I went, I was undercover in Iraq as well. I have experience, I'll just do it, you know, I've been to war, you know, it was just like, it just takes some people to to do some things that no one else will to just kind of, you know, spark, spark um, other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I say that, like, as a, if you had a family member, you know, in there, you weren't allowed to see them. And we were as nurses, you know, we were supposed to be the patient advocates. But we were being ordered to stand down and not even do CPR. The doctor would had already called the family. Yeah, we did everything we could. We provided all the care we could. That was a lie. You know, they were lying over and over to family members. They were letting these people just die. They were looking at that as disposable. And, you know, that was 2020. And now they're doing it all over again. And like in in the meantime, they're stripping away our freedom. So that's why it's just really hard to to have. I guess for, I'm from two different perspectives. You know, having fought for freedom supposedly, you know, and then having that stripped away, and then having went into nursing to try to help people, and then also having that stripped away. You know, they took my job. They have me on a do not hire list. You know, they they have made me look like I'm crazy. That I'm not educated. That I'm not qualified to to work mm-hmm. in you know, an ICU capacity, which is all untrue. <clears throat> so that's what they do. And a lot of the, the, the most hate that I got early on was from people in the healthcare industry because you're rocking the boat, you know, um, <clears throat> that I, I took their their hero status away. But there's nothing heroic about staying quiet when you see people, you know, being disposed of. And and that's what I shed light on. And, yeah, it was very scary. <clears throat> I'm talking death threats and very, very scary time. But, you know, now a lot more are waking up and, and we're seeing that, you know, nurses are are walking out. They're getting fired. They're starting to stand up to the corruption right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And to, to piggyback off of that, in your opinion, do you think It's mostly fear why so many nurses and doctors are going along with this to date because they're worried. I need a job. I need to feed my family. I need to pretend that I have blinders on and everything's okay. I mean, do you think that's the number or do you or is it quite possible so many are still somewhat blind and naive thinking, okay, this this is all right. This is all kosher. Nothing's nothing's wrong here or do you think it's a mix of both?
1: I think there's a lot of different aspects to it. Um, when I was in New York, I we rode the bus to and from the hospital. So we were housed in uh, Times Square, but I was going to Queens every day. So it was a good half hour there and back. And you know that's when we were discussing what was going on. So every single nurse on the bus, we all knew what was going on. So I think um, it's a little bit of the fact that this is what our these are our careers we have families and kids to support and they saw what i mean a lot of people saw what happened to me you know they they literally they destroy you and and it's not for everyone which i completely understand you know like we got to put food on our tables um, but also i do think that a lot of people truly believe that they're doing they're they're doing good and it's because of where we start and where where they start is in school you know our our books that we learn from are funded by the same pharmaceutical companies that are pushing these medications and banning other treatments so where they they're indoctrinating like the the actual nurses and doctors in the system that's why there's so many you know nurses and doctors promoting a vaccine and not promoting actual preventative care that can help people in the long run. You know, they're pushing an agenda and they may not even realize it. You know, they think that they're doing good. And, um, you know, I I think it's just a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and the media is is really fueling um, this. And, you know, anyone that speaks out uh, is automatically, con- you know, discredited, conspiracy theorists, they don't know what they're talking about. So it's a little bit of everything.
0: You know, and that's what Abby and I always say. You know, we talk about this every week on our morning show. And I think the biggest issue she and I have with censorship revolving around this topic in particular
1: mm-hmm.
0: is these world-renowned doctors and uh, immunologists and biologists and viro- mm-hmm. virologists and current and former Mm -hmm. vaccine makers, they will not, if if they're so wrong, Mm -hmm. bring them on the news, embarrass them, you know, question them, fire questions at them to prove that they are wrong. Just let them speak you know, they're, I mean, now the safest place to find some of these people talking is, is rumble. Everything else is, you know, taken down is, is, you know, you become so wildly popular yet you're extremely censored. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, so, so many people, well, we're only hearing that this, you know, these vaccines are completely safe and that all these numbers are completely accurate. The other side is censored and taken down. And so many of these, world renowned experts, they're risking their lives, they're losing their jobs, they're not Mm -hmm. getting a penny off of this. Mm -hmm. And if anything, I you know, we always say it should that should alarm people alone. Mm -hmm. That insane that insane censor, you know, censorship that's happening. Um before we go any further, because we have we have, you know, quite a few people commenting. So I just want to get this out of the way. Mm -hmm. And Abby and I don't even know this answer, Mm Erin um, the video footage doesn't lie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we know your word is good. Um, however, the video footage you collected with your spy glasses, is that even available somewhere today? We know it once was, or is there like a safe spot that people are still able to view that today? Or is it completely
1: yeah no it's still on youtube Um, it went through journeyman pictures so they've kept it up um it's not searchable but i will send you the link to it but yeah it was the original expose that so i didn't get fired because they knew i was undercover i got fired because i was trying to advocate for my patients and they got sick of me doing that so they kicked me out and um Ironically, I actually recorded that interview that the firing itself as well. I've I've not put a lot of my videos out yet because I am really hoping that we can we can actually uh, hold Cuomo accountable for the his actions in New York and not just throwing him. You know, he's he's getting out on you know sexual harassment charges, but he really needs to be charged with murder um, because of a lot of the stuff he did. So. Um, Yeah, I mean, there are a lot more videos that you know. Eventually, I will I will put out in time. But um, the ones, the what, the the expose, I will definitely send to you so you can link to your. And
0: we and we will and Abby and I will make sure it's shared on this post anywhere we post it. We'll have it in the links because that's Mm -hmm. the biggest things Um, we know. You know, there's it's all true that you're sharing, but of course there there's those naysayers and disbelievers who are you know until they see it with their own eyes and some of them will see it with their own eyes and they'll still say no no that's not the case (laughs) that's just that's what we're living with right now but Mm -hmm. people like Abby and people like you Erin who you're you're in this mindset that your your morals just go way deeper than any hate and any criticism and any censorship that you two are given on a daily basis you're above it your Mm -hmm. your mission is so much bigger than that And so um...
2: what are some, what are some facts that you wish everybody knew about Mm -hmm. this pandemic? Like, what are some things that you're just like, Oh my gosh, I wish everybody knew this. I wish everybody would say, would stop saying these specific ridiculous things that, that keep being spread by the media. Like what are some facts that you wish everybody knew?
1: Um, one one is that I I don't agree with family not being in the hospitals and that um, I, I honestly would love to see mass uh, peaceful protests outside the hospitals because these hospitals are liability free. Everybody needs to know that they are liability free. And so is everybody in them um so anyone that works under you know the hospital organization the only thing that you know is in the fine small print is they they can be charged with gross negligence and that's what i'm pursuing with what i saw in new york um but they're liability free you need to understand that they're kicking family out you need to understand that and also they're banning treatments that i know work i have seen work and instead they're they're pushing, you know, this this vaccine. I don't even like to call it that. And that vaccine is also liability free. It's like liability is a really, really, really big deal in this type of situation. If something is so safe and effective, put some liability on it. If these hospitals are doing the absolute best job that they can, put some liability on it. And what I saw in New York, it's happening all over again in these hospitals. They're kicking family out again, they're banning treatments, you know, they're they're now completely disregarding full codes. They're having two doctors decide that if that patient deserves to live or die, despite what the family or the patient wants and calling them DNR and not saving them. You know, it is, it's not a good situation and people need to look into early treatment. Don't stay home. That's when people end up in a bad situation. You, If you start to feel sick, you need to take care of your body immediately. You know, Look into the FLCC um, Alliance. That protocol, despite how censored it is, it is working. I am seeing it with hundreds of people that i'm helping right now so you know just because um they're censoring it doesn't mean that uh everything you sent they censor is exactly what you need to know they're censoring that hard they're kicking people off you know of i'm banned on facebook for posting that you know that why are they banning treatments you know, so educate yourself on what you can do if if you do feel symptoms and treat early because um, they're, they're sending people home, um, especially people that are not vaccinated. They're, they're literally um, not giving them treatment. They're discriminating against vaccinated and unvaccinated. It's just completely unheard of in the healthcare industry. I, I just can't stress enough to just start getting proactive in, in your health ahead of time and educate.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's amazing to me that there are actually now hospitals that are allowing doctors to walk out Mm -hmm. and not care for patients if they're unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what road are we about to go down now? So um, patients that smoke that have COPD, doctors Mm -hmm. are no longer going to provide care for them or Mm -hmm. patients that smoke that now have lung cancer uh, patients who are obese and have cardiac uh, problems, no, not gonna care for them anymore. Mm-hmm. No, they would never even think about denying care to those sorts of patients. Mm-hmm. Patients that um, are you know, alcoholics that have liver disease, they would never even think about denying those patients care. We have entered a new form of segregation,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but we're yeah. not willing to call it that. And it's disgusting that healthcare providers are actually willing to deny patients care based on their vaccine status. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's literally happening in hospitals across the country and patients are getting sick, they are mm-hmm. on the brink of death and possibly some patients could, I don't even know if they've died or they may be dying now because doctors and healthcare providers are refusing care.
1: That they are dying. Yes. I've I've had I've been advocating for patients where they find out that they're unvaccinated. They're shaming the patient. They won't treat them. Um, they and one of my patients, they stopped all respiratory therapy care, all nebulizers. They stopped physical therapy. They stopped IV fluids they're literally leaving. And and, and I feel like we're living in the twilight zone, but this is actually happening and people are dying because of it. And it's at the hands of the same people that you're supposed to be able to trust with your lives. So we are at a very eerie tipping point in history and um, just in our healthcare industry in general, we can do better.
2: I have a friend who's a nurse and she says, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but she said people did not need to be on ventilators. People no. did not need to die of COVID. The reason they're dying is because doctors and healthcare providers are not willing to treat patients for COVID. She says there is a treatment for COVID.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it, is, it is ivermectin, it is hydro, hydroxychloroquine, it is prednisone, mm-hmm. it is antibiotics, You know some sort of steroid. Mm -hmm. And she says, and and she's a a, a nurse, and she says, people did not need to die. No one needed to die. No one needed to be put on a vent. Mm -hmm. And she says, but it was because doctors didn't treat patients. They sent them home Mm -hmm. and allowed them to get sicker and sicker. Mm -hmm. I
1: mean, you agree with that? One hundred percent. I wrote all about it. I mean, that was the main concern. And I called out ventilators back in March 2020. I was watching Dr. Cameron Kyle Saddell, and he was one of the first ER doctors to speak out. Listen, we're doing it wrong. They ignored it. I talked to the doctors in the hospitals. I recorded them saying, yeah, we know it's the ventilators are the wrong treatment. They're killing 100 percent of our patients, but it is what it is. There's nothing else except for the medications that you're banning like uh, the treatments that you're banning they're withholding treatments and medications these people are dying people don't need to die and they're still they're turning around and they're ventilating all of these patients again they're, they're using sedatives and uh knocking them out and then convincing them that they they're going to die or they need to get on a ventilator i mean this is i i don't i i don't even know what i can say or, or can't say on here but it is we're going back in time to the the nazi era of um, health care, you know, and and just following orders didn't get those doctors and nurses out of the Nuremberg trials. So, you know, we need to do the right thing and we need to have a lot more people on the inside speaking up and, and saving these people's lives. Because at the end of the day, it could be any one of one of them or their family members, too. You know, it, it, we have to stop this from happening and allowing it because it's just getting worse. You know, a year ago I, I, I blew the whistle and now we're back, you know, it's happening again. And it's it's scary, it's very scary. You know, people are scrambling to get medications that have been FDA approved. The ivermectin is not just for horses. It's been FDA approved for 40 years for treatment in human beings. It's an anti-parasitic. you know, if anything, it'll help you, you know, get rid of parasites that you might have, you know, like it's working. You know antibiotics they're working hydroxychloroquine and zinc it was working in my hospital in florida we treated these patients early on and had nobody die i got to new york they're all banned and all these patients are dying you know it's it's awful it's it's something that i never thought we would ever see in in my lifetime at least
0: so here's what i'm going to jump in and ask selfishly for myself because this Mm -hmm. is going through my mind and i can only imagine it's going to go through so many others Um, I'm I feel good knowing there is treatment that works. Mm -hmm. The the media doesn't like to talk about it um, because they wouldn't be able to push the vaccines like they're doing um, sharing that. Right. But so someone's going to a hospital to see treatment and that hospital does not want to give them. They want to go around that Mm -hmm. and do their protocol, you know, forcing treatment that you don't want, forcing a ventilator. I mean, what does somebody do? I mean, you're, any patient is able to just get up and leave, right? I mean, if you have an ID, in you, you can take it out. You can just walk out the door, right? And yes. I mean, what would you recommend? I mean, do you just recommend that, my gosh, you just cross your
1: fingers and make this and just pray that the next hospital's going to listen to you? Um, no, I think that people need to be proactive. You can find out. Call the hospitals. Find out, hey, do you guys ban this? You know, the hospital system that I worked for that I praised, you know, use the hydroxychloroquine and zinc, guess what? They're not doing anymore. The same hospital system, they banned all of it. So like something is going on, you know, like these hospitals are getting paid. I don't know if they're incentivized, um, but they're pushing the remdesivir. I'm seeing horrible results with multiple patients on it. They're not giving anyone an option. But let me tell you something. As a patient, you have a right to your own body and you have a right to a second opinion. So, if you want to leave, they call it AMA against medical advice. A lot of the nurses and doctors will tell you, oh, well, if you do that, insurance won't pay. That's a lie. That's a blatant lie. It, you have a right to a second opinion. Insurance will cover that. You know, if you want to leave, there was a, a combat veteran. I just shared his um, his video today. Um, went in with heart problems. They wouldn't treat him. Um, ripped his IV out, his tag out, went to another hospital, got treated. You have a right to that, um, but that's just going back. Be proactive. You know, find out where can I go if something really goes wrong. Who is actually prescribing? You know, the FLCCC protocol. You can go to their website, COVID nineteen critical care, and find out like what providers are participating in this. You know, like if you want to get treatment that actually works, and you don't want to get sedated and put on a ventilator and run through that you know assembly line to a body bag, essentially. You know, just Find out ahead of time and just have a plan. Be really proactive right now.
2: And I've been telling people too, I don't know if you agree with this, Aaron, but I've been telling <laughs> people too get get medicine now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Don't wait until you already have COVID, you're already sick. You're already feeling like you're about to die. Mm-hmm. And then you're scrambling to get ivermectin. Because right. I can tell you, I live in Texas, so I didn't have a hard time getting ivermectin. Right. But my whole family got COVID. All 10 of us got COVID. And so I didn't have a hard time getting ivermectin. But if you live up in you know the Northeast, if you live somewhere like in a communist state or something, mm-hmm. you may have a hard time getting ivermectin. So you mm-hmm. need to plan now while you're not sick. Because this is not about if you get COVID, this is a matter of when you get COVID. And even if you are vaccinated, let me tell you something friends, you will get COVID even if you're vaccinated because the vaccine, it really doesn't work that well. I mean, the efficacy rate is very, very low. It's less than 50%. So I got COVID from someone who was vaccinated. And let me tell you something friends, she and her husband fared much worse than me and my family did guess why because we took ivermectin and she did not because she expected her her vaccine was going mm-hmm. to protect her and it didn't
1: mm-hmm. and
2: and so get ivermectin get hydroxychloroquine now while mm-hmm. you're not sick do it now go ahead and you know go through pushhealth.com go through america's frontline doctors now call your primary care doctor now, see if they will prescribe these medications right now mm-hmm. and see, go ahead and get them in your, you know, in your medicine chest right now. They're mm-hmm. not expensive that way. When you do get COVID, you already have it and you're not feeling like total mm-hmm. poop and then running around trying to find medication for mm-hmm. yourself, do it now. And that's what I've been cur- encouraging people to do because mm-hmm. that is, is the treatment to COVID? Mm-hmm. You do not need to end up in a hospital. No, you do not need to end up on oxygen or a BIPAP or a vent. If you are proactive with this medication, you will beat COVID. I yes. mean, it's just that plain and simple. That—that's my opinion, anyway.
1: That's you're right on. You're you're exactly right on. And even with the vaccine, you know, people are are, are relying so much on that. You know. the pe- Americans in general, I think people in general are pretty lazy. They want a quick fix, but we don't inject health. We just don't. You don't inject a toxin and and expect your body to just be, you're literally poisoning your body. So when you do get sick, your body is already, you know, trying to deal with what you just put into it, you know, and we're seeing a lot of adverse reactions. You know, what is really, we don't know the long-term effects, but we do know that there is a treatment. So, that's why they're banning the treatments because then they wouldn't have a reason to push a vaccine so hard so that that's my opinion i from what i've seen you know every patient that's been treated early and you know it does have a plan in place and you know they they recover fine you know and um i am seen a lot of people stressing out about it anxiety is huge you know so they run to the emergency room with anxiety and you know auto, auto, automatically they're going to call it COVID. You know, and um, it's it's just sad you know the the whole the whole the whole thing could be preventable um prevented
0: so let's let's rip off the bandaid we've already you know thrown out vaccines mm-hmm. um, what what is your opinion on the vaccines being offered, and now we have you know the the delta variant has been around a while now it was just released. there's another variant, I believe is it south america what i forget where it was this morning another another variance could be rolled out we know a month down the road there's gonna be another one so speaking speaking to that medically what what can you share
1: um i, I just want to see everything isolated you know the, the, like i i don't believe that there's variants unless i have proof and they just haven't provided it so i I honestly do think that there is reason to believe that these variants are actually coming from vaccine injuries and they're trying to push it off as a new variant. So, um, you know, they're also trying to to blame the um, unvaccinated on hospital admissions, but there's more to that. You know, it goes kind of along the lines of the testing. So um, I've seen this uh, over the past few weeks is, you know, they're just not testing the vaccinated um, at all. And they're only testing the unvaccinated and uh, it, it, a lot of, there's a lot of areas, you know, how, how fast are they running the, the, the PCR test? So there's like a called a cycle threshold. So anything over 25 cycle threshold can throw a positive, a false positive And some of these tests they're running on the unvaccinated is, you know, anywhere from 40 to 45 cycle threshold. So of course it's gonna, you know, so like the data is just not there. You know, and the media and even our healthcare industry, um, which is mainly funded by pharmaceutical companies are, are just burying the actual data. You can find it. It's just hard to, it's hard to dig up. And they do that purposely, you know, and, and the fact that they're saying that our, our hospitals are overflowing with COVID that that's just not true. Um, the John Hopkins website has constant data on hospital beds. We're not overflowing with COVID and um the uh, of course the icus are busy or they wouldn't be able to fund their hospitals you know we're busy on on, an any day and on top of that they're firing all these nurses and doctors so when the staff decreases in hospitals they can't keep the beds open either so they'll have to shut sometimes and sometimes they have to shut down entire floors in a hospital which makes it look much busier than it is so i mean there's a lot of different things that people don't Aren't really hearing or understanding because they don't really understand how the healthcare industry works from the inside. But I will say, you know, I've been in a hospital since I was 16 years old. I started as a CNA. Um, hospitals on any day are very busy. You know, it's a business. You know, it's a turnkey operation. They want people in and out to to continue, you know, paying their bills and making money. So it's not uncommon for hospitals to be busy. And especially now, you know, after they have locked everybody in their home for over a year, you know, people have hadn't been getting their health care needs fulfilled. So now they're going to hospitals on top of it. So a lot of different angles that, you know, we can look at it from.
0: Do you think now that the FDA has approved visor, um, We're going to hear more about these serious injuries and these deaths that are happening post-vaccination. Is that supposed to be a requirement now that one would think that the FDA has approved it? Um, It's just been startling seeing the tens of thousands of serious injuries just being thrown to the wayside. Mm -hmm. The deaths, Mm -hmm. hours following, days following, these to otherwise completely healthy mm-hmm. men and women, boys and girls, mm-hmm. boys and girls, otherwise healthy. It's just being thrown under a rug. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, there's so many things, so many pieces to this puzzle that are upsetting and unnerving, but that mm-hmm. to me right now is just, it's appalling. And so do you think we're gonna see any changes because of the FDA, FDA approval that we're going to hear more about these?
1: No, Um, you know, uh, they they can slap an FDA approval on anything. They slapped an FDA approval on Vioxx, too, and look how good that went. You know, I mean, I don't, they can approve whatever they want. Um, We're not going to see any increase in the awareness of the people that it's injuring. They're still liability free. So for them to call it safe and effective, Mm -hmm. slap slap an FDA approval on it, but still remain liability free, I mean, that's got to be a red flag for people you know, and of course they're not gonna, they're not gonna air anybody that's actually injured from it. Like, this is what they want to do. But you, you're right. Um, my heart breaks for the kids. Um, that, that is my fight. I have three boys, um, because people ask me like, why would you do this? You know, it's well, it's because of the kids. Like it's because like, who else is going to do it? You know, I, I got, I got skin in the game. Um, I'm looking around at these poor kids that are, you know, coming down with, with heart attacks, you know, at, at 14 years old. Like this, this is sad, and this is very unethical. Um, and just to bring up, uh, my my son, is, my oldest, is just turned 12, and so he had a birthday party. I was speaking with uh, one of the his the, his friend's mothers runner, active marathon runner, half marathon. She got the vaccine. She hasn't been able to get out of bed for eight weeks. And she's one of those statistics that's not being reported because it could be anything else. That's what, you know, it, it could be this, it could be that it's not the vaccine. And she's like, I know it was, and she regrets it. And, you know, now she, she won't give it to her son, but she considered it, you know, cause she wants to protect them, you know, and, and these are not, this isn't the left or right. She's conservative. So, I mean, yeah. people are like, oh, it's a conservatives, you know, that are. But it, it's it doesn't. It, she's very conservative. You know, this, this isn't a left or right issue. This is a humanitarian issue. And I think that's where we've lost. Um, we've lost that. You know, in in the midst of all this media and propaganda, the the humanitarian aspect of this—that we as human beings care about other human beings, regardless of race, religion, political beliefs, background—like we care about human beings and, and their well-being and and their lives because we're just trying to like literally save people by just sharing the truth, and we can't because we're so censored.
2: Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, we know that you have to you have to wrap up and go, you have another interview. Um, but you know, we know that you are being censored. Um, where, where can people find you? Where's the best place to follow you, to follow your work? We know you're in Facebook jail right now. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> where, where can I people follow you and what you're doing?
1: Um, well, I have a mailing list so they can sign up at com um, to, to get on the mailing list, kind of update where I, where I am and where I'm going to be. Um, and then, yeah, um, my Instagram is, uh, my backup. My first one was taken down. So it's Aaron underscore BSN two. And then Facebook is, uh, pretty much long gone at this point. (laughs) I'm, I'm constantly, I think I spent most of 2020 in, in Facebook jail and I'm there again. So obviously, you know, we're doing something right. Uh, if, if you're, getting banned off of platforms so yeah and i know and i want
0: to also link abby and i will be sure to link these below this um but your your newly published book the undercover epicenter nurse it it talks about the gross negligence the Mm. medical malpractice um how just plain greed is killing People, mm-hmm. Killing it, you know, Amer- just not Americans. It, people around the world. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure we link that below too, because I can't imagine the the detail that you put into that. Um, yeah, it's so hard to cover they, here. They um
1: they have they will not put it on bookshelves, I at all. So I mean that is what we're up against. We're this is war. You know we are literally in a fight for our lives. So and um, you know I didn't write the book. I, I don't want I, I like a lot of people were like, oh, she did it for fame. No, no I, I did it to save lives. Like, I don't want this. I just want to raise my kids like we all do um, and just kind of just live freely. But we can't right now. We we don't we have to we have to be brave and speak out, because if we're not here to fight for our kids, then who is it going to be them? you know we can't let them fight our battle so yeah but thank you guys so much for having me and for everything that you're doing and i really appreciate really appreciate it well thank
2: you Aaron you are saving lives and know that and thank you for everything that you're doing it it really is making a difference and we will link all of your websites yeah. and your book and everything and and encourage our followers to to pick up every everything that you offer
1: yeah.
0: thank you brave, thank you be brave speak out i love it yeah. thank you aaron thank you so
1: much Thank you guys so much, too. Thanks, Aaron.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at therealdealofparenting.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us.
1: Let's talk soon.